What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Life's a Garden. I want to let you all know that this weekend, Saturday, July 15th, my band Cutthroat will be playing at Bullwhackers alongside with our friends in Spiked Mind and Mobskito, who are releasing their brand new album. So we're going to be down there, we're going to be supporting the local music scene, and you should as well. Show starts at 7 o'clock, believe it's a $5 cover, and I think it's 21 and up. Double check, you can go on Facebook and find the details. Um, you can go to the Cutthroat Facebook page, we got the event up on there, so for all the details you can go check it out there. But, we look forward to seeing you this Saturday for some good music. Super excited to be back on stage. Uh... Feels like it's been a minute, and I think the last time I was on stage, I was sick. So this will be... No, 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 no. We played at Andy's. It'll just be nice to get back. It's, it's been too long. And we have several st other shows coming up down the pipeline. So follow the Cutthroat band, uh, Facebook page for all future events to uh, find out when we're going to be playing. Today's positive message that I want to start off for you guys to get this show kicked off today is trust your instincts. Generally, when we have instincts about certain things, whether it's people or situations or chances we want to take, there's a such thing as like a sixth sense. There's a such thing as like a, you know, an extra, an unexplained phenomena, I guess, an unexplained sense that people have. And it's instinct. If you think, if your gut's telling you that something's not right, or if your gut's telling you that you should try this, or that you should make that leap, or that this is something that you need to do, or something that you need to take care of, in any situation, trust your gut, because your mind and your body are much more powerful than than your immediate thought, you know? You gotta trust your subconscious. You gotta trust your subliminal mind and your body. If your body's telling you something, if your mind is telling you something, trust that instinct because most of the time, it's gonna be right. So that's, that's the start. That's how we're gonna kick this off. Just wanna remind anybody, everybody out there, if you have instincts, if you, if you feel strongly and you're being pulled a certain way by your instincts against your, maybe your uh, better judgment or, you know, you're trying to make things kosher. If, it, if you don't want things to be um, awkward or something like that, but your body's telling you that it's a bad situation, you know, listen to that. Listen to that instinct. The instinct is usually always right. So that's how we're going to start it off. Um, Got a got a hopefully a good episode for you guys. We had the Fourth uh, of July special last week, so and that was a good episode. So if you haven't seen that, go back and check that out. That was a fun one. So it's gonna be hard to top that one, but we're gonna try. It's episode one hundred and fifty-eight of Life Cigar.
I just got done helping my friends move into their new house. Now, I'm always the guy that people call to help them move. Not only is it because I am, in fact, a strapping young lad who can lift heavy objects like couches and washing machines and things like that. I'm also very reliable. That's the key component here. I'm a very reliable person. If you ask me to do something and I tell you I'm going to do it, you better believe I'm going to do it. I'm not going to leave you high and dry. And people know this about me. So they know when they ask me to help them, I'm going to do it because I'm a good guy. I'm, I'm a nice guy and I'm a reliable guy. Now, the, the last key component, and this, is the, and this is really one of the biggest ones of all, is I have a truck. And everybody knows that once you own a pickup truck, you're the moving guy. You are forever going to be the guy that's asked to borrow the truck or asked to help move things when the situation arises. And that's fine. It definitely helps. I'll tell you that. Like, I was, I was helping people move when I was driving a Dodge Avenger. So, you know, I'd rather have my truck and help people move things than having my Avenger. Another thing that's nice is it helps me move things that I need to move. So, of course, the truck, the benefits, it, it, the positives outweigh the negatives when it comes to that. But you are always called upon to help move. And it was hot as donkey balls today. Now, how hot is the average donkey ball, you might ask? It's pretty fucking hot. Sweating my ass off, okay? I was sweating my ass off. It's hot. It was hot as shit today, so I got the AC rolling. If you can hear it in the background, I apologize. It's not getting turned off. Last week on the 4th of July episode, I, mel I was melting. Didn't help I was wearing a wig, but I was melting because I turned, the, I turned the AC unit off because I didn't want there to be any noise. You know, I didn't want there to be any uh, uh, background noise, anything like that. To, to ruin the episode. This week, I don't give a shit. I'm over it. The heat, it, we had a great run. I'll tell you that. This was probably the best, this was the most spring I've seen in 10 years. We actually had a spring. We had lots of rainfall. It was 60, 70 degrees for long stretches there. But we finally reached the hot and now humid because of the, all the rainfall. But the, the very hot, going to be dry soon. The humidity is starting to die out. It's going to be a dry heat here soon. But we're reaching it. We're getting there. And I'm, I, I'm already dreading it. I can't stand it. Heat is unbearable. It's miserable. Cold is not fun either. But to cool down is no easy task. Another thing I got to thank my truck for. My, my Avenger never had AC. And this truck, the AC in it might as well be uh, run by polar bears. Because it is ice fucking cold. It'll get you cooled down like that. Um, but with all that being said, the moving, the heat. Your boy's exhausted today. I'm tired as shit. But I'm here. I'm here doing the damn thing. I'm here doing the podcast because I, I knew I needed to do it. It needed to be done. I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it to put out, 
content because I love doing it and I know you love it too. And I love doing it for you. But I'm just telling you, I'm exhausted. So if I'm a little short today, not in the episode, I am going to try and get the full hour in. But if I'm a little short tempered, if I'm a little short, like my, my, if my brain isn't firing quite as strong as it does, which it doesn't typically fire very strongly anyway. So we're working, we were, we usually are working at about 80% brain functionality on a very good day. It's probably less than half of that at this point. I'm worn out. It's late. I pushed the podcast back way later than I intended to, which is always a bad decision. And it's, and I always regret it as many times as I know I'm going to regret it. I always regret it because the last thing I want to do is pre- is put that pressure on myself to get the podcast out. But I'm doing it, and I'm just warning you, I might be a little out of it today. I might be a little out of it. I might even fall asleep on the podcast. It took every ounce of me to pull myself out of my bed, drag my carcass over here, and get this thing rocking and rolling. But we're here. We're doing it. Dedication, baby. That's what it's all about. I get up early this morning. I'm moving fucking, dude, washers and dryers. Why are they so stupidly heavy? Washers particularly. And it's not just that washers and dryers are are such, it's not like the weight issue necessarily. As much as it's the awkwardness. There's nothing to ever hold on to. They're they're bulky. It's hard to get them in and out of around corners and through doorways. Couches are the worst. Couches are not heavy, but they're a pain in the ass to get through doorways. Or, God forbid, up and down stairs. I've never had the displeasure of moving a refrigerator. I think the, the worst thing I've ever had to move in my life was this giant oak... Uh, like shelf. It was like a shelving unit or a bookcase, something like that. But it was made out of pure oak. Oh, maybe it was a desk, actually. Whatever it was, it was big and it was wooden. And it was made out of fucking solid oak. And that thing, and, and yes, of course, just in case you were wondering, in case you were crazy enough to ask the question, of course I had to carry that up a flight of stairs. Now, that wasn't today. This was, as I've mentioned, I have helped many, 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 many people move. And I've only had to help myself move one time. Because I'm a kind of guy that hates moving so much that I don't even, like, I'll just stay in my house. I'll stay here as much as I want to move into a bigger, better place. The thought of moving... Of packing my stuff. Packing is just the worst. But the thought of packing my stuff and moving makes me that much less likely to actually do it. And my friend Mac, who's been on the show, Mac in Savannah. Not even Savannah. Mac. He, he's lived here for, fuck, 15 years now? Maybe less than that. Ten, we'll say 10. We'll, we'll be generous and say 10 years Mac has lived here. And I think he's moved 
seven times. And, and I've lived in two houses in the same time I've known Mac to live in at least six different homes. It might be 15 years, but either way, it's ridiculous. The moving's got to stop. My back can't handle this shit anymore. I remember one time I had to help uh, my friend Bailey move a washer and dryer to her new apartment. This was probably six, seven years ago, something like that. And it's just me and her, and she's a tiny girl. Somehow, some way, we were able to get that washing, that washing machine up into this truck. Okay, it was not my truck; it was a different truck at the time. We were trying to get it down, and it was the like there was no way, there was no way we were going to get this down from this. It was a full size pickup, and you know, I'm trying to kind of coach her along and be like, "I'll take the brunt of this weight. I will take the majority of this weight. I just need you to like guide it down and make sure it doesn't." tip over on me and make sure that the weight is distributed properly. And, and we're getting ready to lift it up. And she just, she just goes, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I was so frustrated from the day because it had been raining on us. And we had been at this for maybe 20 minutes trying to figure this out. So I just completely incredible Hulk strength, this fucking washing machine. I grabbed the inside. I grabbed the bottom and I go, I, I audibly, I audibly went, and I, and I got it down gently enough from, the, from up to here. Luckily, I didn't lift it up and completely destroy my spine and just drop it on myself. That would have been a terrible day. But there were washer and dryers involved today. And a treadmill. You ever moved a treadmill? Workout equipment? Fuck all that. My weight room? I got my weight room over here. If I ever leave this place, somebody's getting a full weight set. No, I would definitely take my weight room. But, it's coming in pieces. That's just how it is. There's no fucking way. Um, in addition to, you know, working, doing a... Heavy lifting today. I also didn't really get the greatest night's sleep. Because I was out late last night. I know, I know. It was a weekend, right? And I had to go watch what turned out to be one of the absolute most epic UFC fights. Not just fights, cards. One of the greatest UFC cards I've ever seen in my life. Every single fight was stellar from top to bottom. I missed a lot of the prelims. I need to go back and watch them because apparently the prelims were probably the best of any pay-per-view ever, according to some people that I've heard. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky did pretty much exactly what I thought he was going to do. He completely destroyed Yaya Rodriguez. Nothing against Yaya Rodriguez. He's a great striker. Volkanovski is just on an absolute different level. Level. And, and he kind of just did what... He, he bullied the guy. He, he was just stronger. He took him to the ground. And he, he ground and pounded him until it was over. Volkanovski's got a great chin, too. He can take a shot and just keep on moving forward. Um, Fight of the night was... Was uh, Brandon Moreno versus uh, 
Alexandra Pantoja. Great fight. I had Pantoja winning. I need to go back and rewatch it. But based on what I had seen, I thought Pantoja had done enough to win. They said Brandon Moreno broke his hand in the first round. How the fuck he continued to fight as well as he did with a broken hand for four rounds is astounding. I'd love to see them run that fight back. Brandon Moreno has had the worst stroke of luck when it comes to winning the belt. Then he loses it. Then he wins it back. Then he loses it again. So hopefully he gets another shot. I can't imagine that they won't run that fight back at, at some point. Um, Dracus Duplessis completely shocked me by beating Robert Whitaker. I did not see that coming. It doesn't really shock me that he beat him, but the way that he beat him, the fact that he knocked him out. Robert Whitaker is one of the greatest fighters in the UFC. He's, he's a top 15 pound for pound fighter in the UFC. And Dracus Duplessis went in there and, and did some work. I, I, I thought Whitaker had won the first round. That might just be my fuzzy memory on that. I, I believe I remember telling myself that I thought Whitaker had done enough to win the first round. But Duplessis came out in the second and just was... He just landed great shots. And Whitaker just didn't have an answer for it. Whitaker should have went to the ground. He should have taken him down. But it is what it is. The um, Dan Hooker versus uh, Jalen Turner fight... That that easily could have been fight of the night as well. I'm surprised they didn't make two fights of the night because that was an easy candidate for fight of the night. And Dan Hooker also broke his arm in that fight and, and won. Unlike Moreno, Dan Hooker won that fight and he deserved it. I 100% stand by that statement. And both of those fights, I believe, were split decisions. So... All around good fights last night. Bo Nickel did what Bo Nickel does. He just completely walked through the guy. Although he did knock him out, which was not expected. He was, he's usually a, a submission guy, a wrestler. So for the fact that he was able to do that and take the guy down like that, or, or to, to, to beat a guy standing, that was, that was impressive. And then you've got to give your hats off to Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler with one of the most flawless performances he's ever had in his career. And he retired on that note. It was a beautiful tribute they made to him. They had a video presentation. Uh, It just, it couldn't have been better. That's a storybook ending to a legend of the sport. The guy who basically got me back into the UFC. The fight between Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald was the that that fight alone made me a UFC fan again. I, I kind of was in it before when it was like Chuck Liddell and Forrest Griffin, but then it kind of I, I was never like fully in it. I saw the re the rerun the replay. It was not even a replay. I saw the full fight, but it was after the fact of Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald two. I should add the second time they fought, and it was so epic. It's one of the greatest fights ever. And that just got inducted in the Hall of Fame. So hats off to Robbie Lawler. I'll never forget the time I tried to get Mac to come watch Robbie Lawler. And I was like, dude, this guy is the best. He's so good. And he fought Tyron Woodley and got his ass kicked. The welterweight division, man, has always been just an absolute murderer's row of of champions. So... 
big shout out to Robbie Lawler. Super cool that he was able to retire and do it in the fashion that he did. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So, fantastic night of UFC. Absolutely fantastic. Of course, I had to uh, indulge myself in a few beverages. I will say this. I am very proud of myself for not going completely overboard. I did not just drown myself in booze. Now, of course, you know, I did, in fact, place a wager on the UFC fights, which did not come to fruition. I did, in fact, pick Robert Whitaker to win, and I also picked... Um, who else did I pick? Oh, uh, I picked Jalen Turner to win. Yep, I picked Jalen Turner to win, and Dan Hooker uh, took that one. Now, what I need to do, because... I started off this podcast talking about instinct, right? There's the fights that I was certain about, like Bo Nickel, Alex Volkanovsky, and I was pretty certain about um, Robbie Lawler. Those are the three I was pretty certain about. Now, the, the ones that I wasn't certain about, the ones that I was like, this is who I think's going to win, but it could easily go the other way. Drake is Duplessis. I... I I, I thought there was a chance that he could win. He was probably the least of that, though. The other the two that I was the most concerned about were Dan Hooker and Jalen Turner, because Dan Hooker's a motherfucker, and Pantoja and Moreno. I didn't bet on that fight. That's how close I thought that was. Pantoja was, in fact, the underdog, and I had a pretty good feeling he was going to win this fight. Did not think it was going to be nearly as close as it was. I actually thought Pantoja was going to win outright by... by finish but what I need to do is I need to go with my instincts and be like okay I'll make this bet I'll bet this one on what I think is the most safe way to go and then I need to make a side bet of all the underdogs that I'm certain that I think could pull it off hindsight's always 2020 but those were in fact the ones that I was worried about so, yes, I, I lost my wager, as I usually do when it comes to sports bets anymore. But there's a new game in town, all right? There's a new game in town that your boy has just been loving. And that's poker. I'm a poker guy. I, f I figured it out. Machines are cool. Machines are fine. The poker table's where it's at. Now, I do have stipulations when it comes to myself playing poker. I've only played poker at the Crystal. I probably only will play poker at the Crystal because it is, uh, it's like, um, like, what do you, uh, I don't even know what, it's a small bet, you know, like, you don't have to bet, uh, you, it's, it's a limit. It's not no limit, okay, that's the way I should say it. There's no limit betting, and then there's limit betting. So, there is a limit to how much you can bet on each hand too, which is very helpful. And, and it doesn't make people just like come in with all this money and just be like buying out hands. Cause that's not fun at all. And my first couple runs at the poker table, I, I was not very good. Okay. I've played poker before, but not with real stakes. And you're playing against guys who, who like doing this or they do it a lot. And of course, with any gambling thing, the luck is in, the cards. The luck is in the draw. There are, there are things that you can do 
in live poker that you cannot do in uh, machine poker, like bluffing or, you know, I've learned, like, I've found certain things that I can do to get people to bite. You know, I've there's times I've had good cards, and I'll sit there and I'll, like, look at my cards a couple times, and I'll, like, pretend to think about what I want to do, even though I already know I'm going to raise it or I'm going to call it. And sometimes I'll have a nice hand, and I'll check it because I don't want people to th- assume I have a very good hand. Last night, I had one of the best bluffs I've ever had. I, whatever it did, I'm not going to, like, I can't really remember exactly the the sequence of events that took place. But I I knew I had the 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 most winningest hand that there was possible on the table. I knew there was 0% chance of me losing. There was nothing that was showing on the table that could have beat what I had. And even if the guy had pocket aces, he still wouldn't have beat me. And so whatever I did to to get him to bite and to bet more, I was making him raise, thinking he was going to get me out. But I was pulling him in so that I could just keep calling his bet. And sure shit, I won. It's so fun. Like, the strategy of it. I get why people love it. It's For me, it's not about winning so much money. I, bro- I think I won maybe 20 bucks last night. I bet 40, and I think I walked away with 60. So... It's not about winning a ton of money. You really can't when it's not when it's limited. If I can sit on the poker table for two hours and break even, that's a good night. Now, I've definitely had my share of heartbreaks on the poker table. But the victories are just as, like, the, the, as bitter as the losses are, the victories are sweet. And so it's become one of my new favorite things. Dangerous? Yes. But... The, tri- the the key is not playing on every hand. You have to know... You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. It's true, though. You got to know... Like, you can't just play every hand. You know, I, I'll, I'll typically buy in for my first hand just to see what's on the table. But depending on how many people are playing... That's how you got to assess your risk. If you only got like four or five people playing, you can win off of smaller hands. If you got eight people playing, good luck to you. Like you got to have a good hand to win. Because I've played with, with seven, eight people before. And I've had really good hands and was like the third worst hand or the third best hand on the table. So that's where shit gets sucky. If I'm playing, it's got to be with... with Nice people, and it's got to be with like maybe four or five people at most. That because f- less than four, it's not fun. There's not enough action going on. More than five, I find six is probably toeing the line. But right around four, we'll say five or six. Five or six is fun. More than six, it's too dicey. There's too much act. There's too much shit going on. Typically, you got an asshole somewhere in there, and that makes for a very not pleasant experience. But, hey, you know what? Poker's the thing now. I'm a poker guy. I used to go to the Crystal for karaoke. Now I go, I sing karaoke, and then I go to the poker table, and then I come back and sing another song. It's perfect. It's a perfect match. And I, and I enjoy playing. I really do. 
And like I said, if I can play well enough to where I can just break even, that's good enough for me. Um, but then, yeah, okay, so... Stayed out till probably... Midnight, at least. And I was already pretty tired from that day. But, stayed out till about midnight. Got home. Surprisingly did not stop by Taco John, or Taco Bell. That was very surprising. Very much something I would normally do. But, because so often I, I get, like... I, I get, like, the munchies. I got, like, beer munchies at the end of the night. So I need, like, a little something to, to snack on before I go to bed. So I grabbed a little bag of Cheetos. I have a bunch of little bags of chips. I grabbed a bag of Cheetos. And I do remember grabbing those last night. Apparently, I fell asleep with an open bag of Cheetos on my chest. Because I woke up in the middle of the night... I don't think I ate a single one of those Cheetos. Because that whole bag was spilled all over me. I don't even know how that's possible because it's a small bag. I don't know how I would have spilled it. And the amount of Cheetos I was finding, I, I maybe ate two of them last night. And I kept waking up. Like early in the morning, I'd like doze off and then I'd wake up and I'd, and I'd find another one. There was a, another one just underneath me. There were so many che Cheetos. I, I couldn't get away. It was unreasonable. How, how and, 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 and I literally woke up and I said, I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. Like, that is so dumb. I just like, I could just picture it. This is how it, this is the only way it could have happened. I was sitting there, laying there, apparently, or sitting there, watching... Uh, my show, and just eating Cheetos, and then it just went, and I just dozed off with the bag on my chest, or just off to the side, and then I rolled over them or something. Either way, wasted a whole bag of Cheetos, little bag, and was sleeping in them, which is all, they were all up in my crevices. I had Cheetos everywhere. That's not comfortable. That's not fun to wake up to. And then you think you got them all, and then you roll over, and oh, there's another one. I had to, I had to just get up and shake my fucking bed sheets out. It was, it was ridiculous, is what it was. That's the best way to describe it. It was absolutely ridiculous. It should not have happened. Nonetheless, that's what happens when you drink and get the munchies. Uh, July. We are in the month of July here, and July is the birthday month. Not only is it that there's a lot of birthdays, we got a lot of July birthdays in my family, but it's the big dog's birthday. That's coming up later at the end of the month. It's the last, and, and you know, your boy's going to be in Ireland. I'm traveling to Ireland for my birthday, but the big birthday, the, um, aside from that, my Uncle Don's birthday is July 11th, and my grandma's birthday is July 15th. Both of them have passed on, and it's pretty cool that we actually get to play uh, the show on July 15th, and I'm going to do a little shout-out to my grandma. I don't talk enough about my grandma. I don't think I've shared enough stories about my grandma on this show, which is a true shame. 
It really is. Like, it's it's actually kind of appalling that I have not shared as many stories about my grandma. Because she was just such an amazing person. She raised me and my brother and sister. My brother, who was three years old. M- me, since I was like eight, nine. Me on and off. Like, I, since I was a baby, Practically, like there's there's times when I was an infant, I was told that she would like I, I would sleep in a suitcase open. Obviously, they didn't shut it on me, but I would sleep in a suitcase under the kitchen table. That was like my bassinet. They would just they found a suitcase and they filled it with blankets and that's where I slept. Uh, um, or in a drawer. I think they did that the old drawer trick where they just make a bassinet out of a drawer because we were poor. That's how it was, you know? But God, like, there's not, a, there's not enough I can say about my grandma. And I remember she would drink coffee all hours, like, of the day. It could be 9 o'clock at night, and she'd be, cook, she'd be drinking coffee. Anytime you're, you show up, you know, when we were kids or whether we were, whether we were kids or adults, we'd show up and grandma would be like, oh, do you want a sandwich? Oh, do you... Would, would you like a slice of pie? Would you like, you know, some of this pasta I made? We'd be like, no, we're good. Like, or, thank you, Grandma. I appreciate that. And the next thing you know, you got a plate of it in front of you. She was that type of Grandma. Always cooking. And to a chef's eye, probably not the best cook. But if you know, you know. Grandma's cooking, it hits different. It's not top-tier cuisine. But there's something about it. There's a home style. There's a, there's a nostalgia. There's something about grandma's cooking that just hits different. And I'm sure there's a ton of grandmas that you would, you know, people out there know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, even the way grandma, my grandma would burn pancakes. She would make flapjacks. We never called them pancakes or flapjacks. And it, probably had something to do with how old our uh frying pan was because you'd get flavors from you know different meals that have been cooked in that frying pan and no matter what there was no way she couldn't burn the flapjacks but and i'll i burn flapjacks you know i burn them too and they just don't hit the same like, I would kill for some of Grandma's burnt flapjacks. The burn made it better. Somehow, some way, it was better. I burn flapjacks, tastes like shit. Like, it just tastes like a burnt flapjack. When Grandma burns flapjacks, they're delicious. I don't know what it is. It's the magic touch. But I gotta, sh- I gotta give her so much credit. I could not even imagine doing... Doing what she did. Being able... Like, she didn't work. We didn't have money. She lived on welfare and social security. We were on food stamps. We did all the social programs. It, like, we had things that helped us through school. We had, you know, paid lunches. Lunchtime at school was one of our only meals we ever got. You know, we'd have dinner, but... You get the kicks. You know, the kicks cereal... In the, in the Wix box, go to Salvation Army and pick up a bag of bread. 
I just don't I don't understand how she was able to do it. And yet she did. So huge shout out to my grandma. She was we moved around so often. I don't know how she was able to find suitable living places for us when the way she did. I don't know how she um I don't know how she was able to finance buying us clothes or, you know, like I said, we had plenty of programs that helped us out in getting clothes and school supplies and things like that. But keeping a car, getting, man, I remember the days when, when we would just put five bucks in the tank and see how long that would last us. We were always running on E. There's no such thing as a full tank back then. I just, it stresses me out when I think about all the things, all the factors at play with her trying to raise us. Let's just take away the fact that she was 70-something doing this. And my brother was a fucking nightmare to raise. He had, like, ADHD and, and fucking uh, some other social disorder that made him a fucking lunatic. And she somehow managed to, to just get it done and, and raise us. Um, definitely had help from my uncle and... You know, there was other people that stepped up as well that deserve a lot of credit. But grandma deserves a lot of it. And I don't talk about her enough. So I want to wish my grandmother a happy heavenly birthday. Heavenly birthday. And uh, love her, miss her. And I need to tell more stories about her. And I will. I will make it a point to tell more stories about grandma. And my... Tradition every year around this time is I always watch the movie uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou because I remember that was her favorite movie. Grandma was the type of person that never watched movies twice. We would watch that movie on a weekly basis. Like that was the movie I saw the most as a kid and it still stands the test of time. It's a great movie, great story, great soundtrack, great acting. Um, and that movie will forever remind me of grandma that and the show, everybody loves Raymond or law and order. Every time I see law and order or everybody loves Raymond immediate connection to my grandma. She loved those shows. We watched them like every night. She would watch law and order on the weekends. We'd watch everybody loves Raymond would come on at 10 o'clock. That's what we were watching when we were going to bed. And I wish I wish I could like access this like bank of memory in my mind that just like bring you ever smell a certain thing like you get a, a nostalgia you smell something grandma's house always had a distinct smell there was all it was it was a combination of burnt uh, uh, of burnt flapjacks and and or like like soup and cigarettes like there was a specific smell Maybe a little bit of dog in there. Definitely doesn't sound appealing, right? But it, there was just something about it that it was grandma, you know? And, and every time I smell an ashtray, I think of grandma. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you get that nostalgic feeling back, and it just instantly transports you back to a certain place in your, in your life. But, uh... Just wanted to, to wish my grandma a happy birthday. Wish my Uncle Don a happy birthday as well. And, uh, you know, give a little tribute to old grandma. 
Um, another big birthday, though. Can't forget about this. We got a big birthday out there. Y'all might have heard of this. It's Grimace's birthday. Grimace, the big, fat, purple character. I don't even know what he's supposed to be. Is he a monster? Is that, like, what is Grimace? Is Grimace the cookie monster of the McDonald's franchise? Either way, they're celebrating Grimace's birthday. I think it was last month. Whatever. They came out with the Grimace shake. The purple shake. Berry-flavored shake. And then there was supposedly a bunch of stories of people getting sick. Maybe even dying due to the Grimace shake. Don't know why. Don't know what that was all about. I didn't really look too much into that. But that was a headline. Interesting enough. But that's not the one that, that threw me. Through all this Grimace shit, through the shake, through the celebration of his birth, the thing that threw me through the loop, how long has Grimace been a character? Why are we only just now, for the first time since I can remember, celebrating Grimace's birthday? Is Grimace from like a dimension where... You only turn you only have a birthday once every 45 years? Why haven't we celebrated the hamburglar's birthday? The hamburger also, if you're gonna run a gimmick, why would you choose Grimace? Hamburglar is a way more interesting character. For that matter, has McDonald's ever celebrated Ronald's birthday? I can't remember a time when they did. So we're like, I just don't get Grimace. And, and the fact that they've never done this before. And yet we're supposed to be expected to be like, oh, it, it, it's Grimace's birthday. We've never celebrated this character's birthday before. Most people forgot this character even fucking existed. Now, back in the day, they really promoted the characters. Because, of course, McDonald's used to be... For children. They promoted it very much towards children. Hence why you have the clown and the characters and the play places, the happy meals. But like most children, McDonald's grew up to become a depressed hellscape. And that pretty much just like eats itself alive. Like us adults. It grew up and became dull and drab and dreary. And the best item on the, on the menu now is coffee. That's how you know ad McDonald's adapted from being for children to adults. When the play places went away, when the colors went away. Remember when McDonald's used to be red and yellow and like looked like a fucking Pizza Hut? They had like the Pizza Hut roof and it was colored... Inside, the chairs were like purple and green and whatever. Now, it's the outside is brown. It's brown and gray. Like, that is the epitome of growing up. Full of life, colors, happy meals, toys. And now, dull, drab, Brown, gray, coffee. Coffee is the, is the best thing that you can get at McDonald's. 
Children aren't drinking no coffee. But it is Grimace's birthday. I, don't, I, I can't even believe they still do these characters, to be honest. Because, yeah, they used to have all the characters back in the day. The Hamburglar. Now, I was trying to remember this. I don't know if this is, if this is just some made-up portion of my memory. And I'm going to look it up just to verify. Was there a bird character? Because I feel like I'm confusing the bird. It was a girl. It was a girl character, and I want to say it was a bird. But I do remember the fact that Chuck E. Cheese had a female character that was also a bird. I know that for a fact. So for some reason, I feel like I'm confusing the two. I'm blending the two universes together. Now I'm going to look it up because I don't know if I'm correct. But I will find out real quick. Ronald uh, McDonald's characters. Yes. Let's see. McDonald's. Because we know we got the hamburger. We know we got Grimace. Yeah. I was right. There is a fucking bird. I think she's a bird. It's a duck. It's a duck. I was right. Yeah, we got. Oh, oh. I forgot about those. Do you remember the little, like, the little plush toy-looking monsters? Yes, there is a, the female character is a duck. I was right, my memory, and the fucking Hamburglar looks like Chucky. He's got flaming red hair and buck teeth. Yeah, the little plush toy-looking, like, monsters or whatever they are. And then you have the talking hamburgers and the, and the little talking McNuggets. People were on fucking drugs back in the day. People were losing their shit. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> happy birthday to Grimace, though. Cheers to Grimace. Um, so last week on the podcast, as I mentioned, did the uh, 4th of July special. First ever 4th of July special, technically. I've done 4th of July specials in the past, but this was the first technical 4th of July special. And let me tell you something real quick. That episode did some serious numbies. Normally, I'll check to see what the view count is. And on a crazy week, it's like 40 or 60. Like, when I get 40 or 60 views, especially on a solo episode... It's, uh, I don't, I don't know how it happened. I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? The 4th of July episode, I looked early in the day. Like it had only been up for like maybe six or seven hours. It had 160 views. I don't know how many it has now, but it's over 160. And I'm like, what the fuck? I have no, I do not, I do not understand the, the YouTube algorithm at all. Because some weeks I'll write, you know, I'll, I'll tag certain shit, I'll post at certain times. And I don't know what the, I don't know what the common denominator is. I don't know what causes certain videos to get as much traction as others. Nonetheless, the 4th of July episode did very good numbies. 
Um, and in that episode, I talked a lot about RFK, Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, and I talked a lot about like, honestly, I felt like I ended that episode on a very, very dark note. Talking about all like the real dark shit that this country is, uh, facing right now, which is always a, just a fun, fun time, especially on a show that promotes positivity. Am I right? But I, I think there was a few things that were left unsaid concerning the RFK stuff. There was things that I had planned on bringing up, things that I had uh, meant to bring up in addition to everything I already did, and it just slipped my mind. So I wanted to take a quick moment to add the few thoughts that I had, uh, that had uh, skipped my mind in that last episode. With RFK, and not just him, you know, when I talk about free thinkers, I'm talking about people that go against the grain. I'm talking about the people that question just, just everything. Anybody who questions things, anybody who is willing to look at something, say, this doesn't feel right, and then ask questions. Now, that's not to say that everything that's being asked questions about is wrong or is out of, you know, maybe they're still asking questions because they're just curious. But curiosity is key. You need to be curious. Otherwise, you're, you're living in a communist dictatorship. As a democracy, as freedom, as people who are free, the ability to ask questions... And to point out absurdities or to point out things that are incorrect or wrong. And to uh, go against the grain. Is what makes this the freest country on earth. Now the point I was trying to make before was that. And it's not. And I really, I really went after the left a lot. And I, and I should make it very clear. The left and the right are both equally as guilty of, of this. The establishment politicians, any politician, the majority of them are corrupt. The majority of them go with, they, they, they will not push against the grain, and that's because they were elected by the party. They're not elected by the people. You, you could see that in the, with what happened with Hillary and... Uh, um, Bernie Sanders, the people, the, the left people wanted Bernie Sanders. The establishment Democrats, the party itself did not want Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders was going to go against the grain. He was going to take money out of the politicians pockets. He was going to take power away from the politicians, move it away from them, give more power to the people. Like he had a lot of plans. I'm not saying all of them were right, but nonetheless, his plans didn't fit in line with what the establishment wanted. Hence why they pushed for Hillary to go in place. And hence why Donald Trump was able to beat her. Because he is anti-establishment. I already pointed out that Donald Trump isn't immune from, you know, uh, corrupt behavior or... He's a narcissist, things like that, you know. He's definitely not the, the perfect 
politician. And and I also failed to mention that Ronald Reagan was a little bit anti-establishment. Now, you had the Iran-Contra debacle. He definitely was not completely non-establishment. But he he was somewhat non-establishment. And if you remember, he also had an attempt on his life. And ended up facing... He, he was dementia-ridden by the end. So... Who's to say that he wouldn't have gotten assassinated had he still been fully functional in the brain? Um, these are not the points I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is with the free thinkers, and I call them free thinkers, I'm basically talking about people who go against the grain, who are willing to ask questions. People like RFK, Joe Rogan, the, a number of podcasters that I listen to, um, guys like Tim Pool. Or the real journalists out there, the people who who are like essentially being pushed into being uh, like dark web journalists, because the mainstream journalists would never allow people to actually report facts and not push agenda. So guys like Tim Pool and um, Sager and uh, I can't remember her, Chris, Kristen and Sager from from uh, the Hill, I think is what they're what they're. Uh, show is called they're looking you know these are people who will push against the grain they will not push agenda they will ask real questions and they always end up getting pushback because you're going against the grain the the number one term that keeps getting thrown around is trust the experts trust the experts robert kennedy is no expert in virology Joe Rogan isn't a uh, isn't an expert in medicine. He's not a doctor. Why should he be giving health advice, even though he's a very healthy person and he understands nutrition and you know, but he's not a doctor. So don't trust Joe Rogan. Yet we're expected to trust the so-called experts. So in the in all this medical shit, like with RFK, he's he's talked about vaccines and things like that. Joe Rogan had his whole thing with the uh, coronavirus and with the, um, the, va- the vaccination also with that. They had questions. Reasonably so. This, this, this vaccine only just came out. It should be questioned, is it safe? You know? Is this something that we should be, you know, testing more? Things like that. Yet everybody was like, well, don't listen to him. He's just a comedian. Trust the doctors. Trust the pharmaceutical guys. The same doctors and pharmaceutical guys that knowingly got the American public addicted to opioids. The same pharmaceutical companies that pushed Oxycontin said that it wasn't addictive knowing that it was. These are the trustworthy experts. I mean, nine out of ten doctors recommend this product. Well, what happened to the to the tenth one? What about that one? All ten of these doctors are experts, yet one of them decided it wasn't a good product. So, who do we trust? You know, scientists. The trust the scientists. Scientists get shit wrong all the time. 
You could have two, two scientists who are, are experts, considered experts in their fields, and they have two completely different theories about the same subject. Does that make one of them wrong? Or does that make them both right because they're experts? No. Clearly one of them's wrong. Hell, both of them might be wrong. This whole trust the experts thing. It doesn't take... You don't have to be educated. Or you, you don't have to have a degree. Let me say this. You don't have to have a degree in a specific subject to not be educated about it. There are plenty of people out there who, are, who have degrees and have less education on certain topics than other people. Because guess what? Anybody can open up a book. Anybody is fully capable of learning the same information. Just because you have documentation means absolutely nothing. Doctors, scientists, fucking anybody who's considered an expert in their field is just as susceptible to corruption as anybody else. Doctors will write prescriptions for people that don't need things. Doc doctors will prescribe things to people who, you know, doctors will make decisions if, if the money is put in the right place. If somebody of power tells this person, hey, you know, we need this done. I need you to say this and we'll give you this amount of money. I mean, that's a moral thing. That's not an expert thing. That's a, that comes down to morals. And guess what? Everybody is just as equally capable of being corrupt. There's doctors that, I mean, what do you say about the doctors who, who had the opposite take on COVID or on the vaccines and things like that? What do you say about those guys? They're still considered experts. So this whole trust the expert thing is very ridiculous to me. I don't, I don't buy into that. And that was a point I really wanted to make. Um, last week, and I just kind of forgot about that. Also, I did want to mention this as well, because this is interesting. I really went hard at Biden, rightfully so. The guy's a fucking uh, not fit to be president, okay? That's just, that's just the way it is, and that's the truth. But it does seem quite interesting to me that it, it's, it doesn't, correct me if I'm wrong, does it seem a little bit suspicious to you that the entirety of, like, since Barack Obama, when Barack Obama was president, was the first time in recent history that um, uh, Russia had invaded Ukraine. The entirety time that, that Donald Trump was in office, no such thing. Like, th there was no invasions. And then the second Joe Biden becomes president, Russia strikes Ukraine. Now, what's the common factor here? Joe Biden was the vice president during Barack Obama's presidency. He's the president now. Joe Biden made his son, Hunter Biden, some big... He, he was a high up. I don't even... I don't know the exact job description, but he was a high up in where? The Ukraine had zero, um, had zero, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He wasn't an expert. Let's put it that way. He had zero expertise in 
that job. Zero qualifications to be in that position. Yet, because he was the vice president's son, he was given that job. This, by the way, is a guy who is a crackhead and a fucking um, married his brother's wife, his brother's widow. Um, this guy's a fucking nut job. He had no business being in that position. So there's some, it, it feels like there's some underhanded shit that we're not being told. Why was he there? What was he doing there? What, like, is it just, does it just so happen to be a weird coincidence that Joe Biden's son has connections to the Ukraine during the Obama administration, uh, Russia invades Ukraine. Zero invasions during the Trump administration. The second Joe Biden becomes president, Ukraine's being attacked again. Seems a little suspicious to me. Also, just another little jab at the left. It's funny that the left is so on the side of Ukraine, and they're so much pushing for this war, even though, historically, Democrats have been anti-war, and the fact that they're against Russia, who is a communist country, and Democrats love communism, and the Russians are fighting Ukraine, which, it's like, as much as it was a conspiracy theory at first, it's not, there are huge sections of, of Ukraine that are white nationalist and, uh, like, Nazi sympathizers. And the Democrats fucking hate Nazis. They think everybody's a Nazi. Yet they're siding with Ukraine and going against Russia. It's very hypocritical to me. And it's hilarious, to be honest. And I can't get enough of it. But... Those were the little extra uh, points I wanted to make from last week that I kind of just skipped my mind. And I, the, the beauty of it is I come on here every week, so if I forget to say something, I have the opportunity to fix that and do it anyway. So there you go. I, I made my points. And that's going to do it for this week. Thank you guys so much for joining me yet again. We made it through the whole episode. I actually did it, and I didn't feel like as dull as a McDonald's. Like, I actually didn't feel as, as run down as I am, as tired as I am. Felt like I did pretty decent on that one. Got through it pretty good. We had a couple laughs. So, in conclusion, trust your instincts. Don't trust the experts. Trust your instincts. Um, happy birthday to Grimace. McDonald's is a fucking absolute depression zone now. But hey, it's Grimace's birthday. Purple shakes. Um, and don't eat Cheetos in bed. <laughs> eat Cheetos in bed when you're super fucking drunk. Because that's going to be sucky. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Don't forget. Life's a garden. Dig it. You just gotta, you just gotta keep on going.